Welcome to Ball Court, World of Basketball, and I am Coach Drew, and it's going to be quite a world. Yes, slam dunk robbery, as well as Kawhi joining MJ, and a tribute to remember, right here on Ball Court. Welcome to Ball Court. I am Coach Drew. This is the world of basketball, and it has been absolutely phenomenal. I'm going to go ahead and jump right in. The All-Star game was amazing. Absolutely amazing. All-Star weekend on a whole was great. But the game itself, the thing that made it amazing was the game's level of competition. If you wanted to honor the legacy of Kobe Bryant, that is exactly the way to do it. Compete, compete, compete. Every aspect of All-Star Weekend had competition. It was jam-packed from beginning to end. First, let's talk about the elephant in the room. We're going to go ahead and address it. I understand nobody wants to talk about it, but I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to take it on head on. All right? The slam dunk contest. We all watched it. It was amazing dunks. I'm talking this slam dunk contest. And call me a prisoner of the moment. Uh, call Call me the fan of today. But I'm sorry to tell you this, but this slam dunk contest rivaled MJ versus Dominique. This was that level. Aaron Gordon and and Jones, they Derek Jones, how should I put it? He's not human. He was he was jumping at elevations that's just not not normal and he was doing it so easy. He just made it look so effortless, just rising up there, going up there. But everybody wants to go ahead and talk about this. Was Aaron Gordon robbed? Aaron Gordon leaped over a 7-5 taco fall. And everybody's sitting there like, well, he clipped him. He clipped him. Yes, he did clip him. But did it deserve a 47? I could understand if there was one 9 that came out of there. But three 9s? Really? Really, three people, three different judges thought, that was only good enough for a nine. So let's not hate on Dwayne Wade. He wasn't the only person who said a nine. But I could understand why. They penalized for different things. But as we know, he got robbed again. That's what people are saying online. They're saying Aaron Gordon got robbed. How did they rob Aaron Gordon like that? And they're talking and all these different things. And let me tell you, and I want to get this clear. So I'm going to clear my throat. <clears throat> Derrick Jones won the slam dunk contest. Yes, hate me. At me if you want. Go ahead and uh, address it. Derrick Jones Jr. won that slam dunk contest. Even though Aaron Gordon had the better dunks, Derrick Jones Jr. is the best dunker in the NBA currently right now. And it was deserving that the best dunker would have won because once again... He was easily clearing everything that he was doing. His dunks were effortless. Aaron Jones did clip Taco Falls. So even though it was 7-5 Taco Falls he made it over, he technically only jumped 7-3.
That's my thought process on that. But Kawhi Leonard, wow. Tell me Kawhi didn't look great. In a way, I just wanted you to stop and think about this, L.A. We got a chance to preview what could have been. We took a look at something and we said, man, we could have had that. Watching LeBron, AD, and Kawhi on the court together, oh, it was beautiful. Kawhi didn't even try to score and he scored. It was like he was accidentally scoring. And his level of defense was amazing. You know, for an L.A. kid to come out, even though it was in Chicago, but for an L.A. kid to come out there at the All-Star game, which technically we all know that the All-Star game was Kobe Bryant's stage. And then to turn around and win the MVP, and not just any MVP, the inaugural Kobe Bryant MVP award. It's touching. It's a great thing to see. And I feel even though he's a clipper, it was something that you could say, man, only if, only if, that would be something amazing to see if it can happen. But he was passing the ball. He was moving it well. He was feeding AD. He was feeding LeBron. It was absolutely amazing. And I really thought to myself that if things worked out a little differently, he could have been here, you know? And Clippers wouldn't have been in trouble for tampering. But we're not going to talk about that. But he could have been here. Man. And the biggest surprise for me, hands down, because I'm going to go, we're going to talk about the Kobe tribute because I want to go ahead and give that its own special time. But the biggest surprise for me of all the All-Star game. And I saw some amazing things. I saw Luca shoot it from half court. I saw uh, Trey Young drop a half court All-Star weekend. You know, we saw some great shooters in the three-point contest. We, but the most amazing thing, the one thing that stuck out that I was like absolutely just blew my mind was Chris Paul. Chris Paul caught an alley-oop dunk. His first ever in a professional game. And, and I'm not talking like his first ever in a, in an all-star game or his first ever in his first ever in a professional game. He caught an alley-oop dunk. It two-handed too. Now, I want you to put this in perspective. Chris Paul's 34 years old. Chris Paul was the mastermind behind this new format for the NBA All-Star game. So to see him at 34 competed at a higher level than he's ever competed in his years in the NBA, it blew my mind. In his 15 years playing, he is competing at a higher level. And that absolutely blew my mind. I'm telling you, hands down, Chris Paul showed out this weekend. He said, hey, this is going to be the new format. He committed to that new format. And you can see his new plant-based diet and style of eating has really showed off. I'm telling you, that's the way to go. Once you start getting past that prime, going plant-based is probably the way to go. Look, hey, 34 years old and you banging it like that. Come on. Most people I know 34 years old is not even getting up off of the couch quickly. But I'm not saying anything. I'm a, if you are getting off of the couch a little slower than normal, that's okay. I'm, nobody's judging you. That's not what we're here for. All right. And I want to go ahead and jump into the All-Star Kobe tribute. 
outside of the level that everybody was playing at, this All-Star game was amazing. Nothing was overdone. It was very tasteful. Uh, Michael Jordan's tribute to um, Kobe at his at his party where he had the entire uh, wall he had an entire wall made of flowers in the Kobe jersey I thought that was amazing it was like I said it was a very tastefully done uh, Dr. Dre's tribute during the All-Star game it just watching how many people it was affecting in a way it felt, I felt a little different in the days that passed after Kobe's uh, passing, it was tough for a lot of people, including myself, you know, to really pull things together and to really move on. In a way, this All-Star game was a celebration. LeBron stated that you could feel Bean's presence. He was definitely there. He was definitely in the building. The representation, the love for Kobe Bryant was not just in that building. But it was all over the country, all over the world. Everybody that was tuning in was actually tuning in to see something amazing. And what they saw was a community, uh, a family showing their respect. And, And I must say, well done. Well done, NBA. Well done, fans. And of course... Well done to the players and celebrities who all showed their respect. I I thought it was an amazing moment. I even saw Allen Iverson there, you know, wearing his Kobe jersey. And he was wearing the purple and white, you know, questions. See, I'm a sneakerhead, so I peeped that. He was wearing those purple and white questions, and it, it was looking fly. I thought that outfit looked fly. It was like, when I saw that image of him embracing Dwayne Wade, it was kinda like, it, it was kind of like one generation embracing the other generation saying, we both felt that magic. It was like the eighth generation was embracing the 24 generation and said, we both felt that magic. And both of them was amazing. It was amazing. But let's go ahead and move on. I want to go ahead and touch base on a young man named Zion Williamson. I, you probably have heard of him. He's a pretty good basketball player. Um... Right now, his team sits in a position that's a tough position for such a young player. Now, let's go ahead and add to the fact that he's fighting for Rookie of the Year. And arguably so. He should be Rookie of the Year. You know, he came. Don't get me wrong. He missed a lot of basketball. But he's came back out. He has 22.1 points per game, 7.5 rebounds per game. But it leads me to believe where does the Pelicans sit now with, with that new toy that they have known as Zion Williamson, right? The Pelicans, before the, before the break, you know, when, uh, when Zion has been ramping up, they went 6 of 9 before All-Star game. So they're already trending in the right direction. Now, when we take a look at it, they sit 11th in the standings. 11th in the standings. Now, they have to topple over three different teams right now to actually drop eighth in the, um, to, to sit eighth in the actual, um, to make it to the playoffs. And that's the eighth spot. They don't really want to go in in the eighth spot because you're going to go into the eighth spot. You have that likelihood that you're going to probably be matching up with LeBron and the Lakers 
or if the Clippers can make a good push during the second half of the season, especially now that they picked up uh, Marcus Morris as well as, uh, as well as Reggie Jackson. They got a great chance to make a huge push in the second half of the season. So with that, you got a chance of either matching up between the Clippers or the Lakers. Either way, you're about to run into a buzzsaw. But here's, here's the thing. To, for them to make it there, they have to win out over the teams that are ahead of them. Now, luckily enough for you, they right now have six games left against those teams that sit ahead of them. Right? And they've already went five and one against those teams. But they've, uh, the, with that being said, those teams are on an upward trend. You have uh, Portland Trailblazers, which going into the break, Dame Lillard's been looking unstoppable. Absolutely unstoppable. Carmelo, you know that, that rest, especially since he's been training, trying to stay in shape for everything, that rest that from all-star break is going to be well needed, mentally and physically. So you're going to see a different Carmelo come the second half of the season. Now, we're also going to talk about San Antonio. San Antonio's actually on a downward spiral right now. They have a chance at actually not making the playoffs for the first time in 23 years. So these are the things that you're looking at and say, okay, this might be a team that we could probably push out. But you push them out, that still puts you only in 10th place, in the 10th spot. Now, here's the big guy, the one that you're going to really have to go after, and that is the Memphis Grizzlies. And let me go ahead and break down why. On an all-around situation right now for the Pelicans, the Memphis Grizzlies is the team that they really have to focus on. Let's go ahead and I, I, I want to look at this from a selfish point of view. Look at Zion Williamson right now. He's, like I said, he's fighting for that rookie of the year position. But who is sitting at the front end right now? Yes, John Morant from the Memphis Grizzlies. The rookie point guard is looking absolutely sensational. He's been showing up every single night, putting in work. 17.6 uh, points per game and 7.1 assists. This is a rookie. 7.1 assists. He's moving the ball. He's earning them a spot right now in the playoffs. Earning them a spot in the playoffs. So, as a rookie, he's actually made a good push for them. We could take a look into it and say, well, uh, Zion probably would have had the Pelicans a lot further ahead than 11 in the playoffs if he didn't miss the 44 games. But he did. So, when you're contending for Rookie of the Year and see who's going to make that push for Rookie of the Year with John Morant there, you got Kendrick Nunn out there, and you got also uh, James Jackson, also John Morant's teammate on Memphis. They have a good nucleus of young players as well as uh, veterans that they can make that push to hold on to the eighth spot. So what the Pelicans have to do, they have to knock them off for two reasons. First, if you love Zion as much as you say you do, you'll knock him off, get him rookie of the year. That huge push with Zion playing the way he's playing right now could be what it takes to get the Pelicans into the playoffs. Now, if I'm the Lakers, I'm rooting for the Pelicans to make it in because the last thing that I want is to meet up with a young, hot Memphis in the playoffs. But, you know, that's how they're looking over there. But how is it looking over in Houston? How is Brody and the Bears going to be looking right now coming up for the second half of the season? Well, stick around. Right here on ball court, we're going to go ahead and get into that. 
We'll be right back with some more World of Basketball. I'm Coach Drew. This is Ball Court. Welcome back to Ball Court. I am Coach Drew. This is the world of basketball. And guess what? Brody and the Beard experiment is now in the second half of the season. Actually, they look, uh, I just want to tell you, both of them look absolutely amazing in the All-Star game. It was like a beast of a game for both. James Harden was passing the ball. He is looking real great. Yeah, that was a shout out to you, Giannis. I just wanted to let you know, he passed the ball, okay? So he is looking real great. And we have to talk about how the second half of the season is looking, though. That Mike D'Antoni experiment and saying, okay, we're going to play small ball, spread the floor, and dare everybody else to try and match up with us. Yes, we have a superstar MVP on one wing. We have a superstar MVP on the other. Let's see what choice they're going to make. I love the idea. I love the concept. But I'm still a little worried. I'm worried myself, but they're not. Obviously, they're going all in on this. They actually acquired Robert Covington, one of the great 3 and D guys. I'm telling you, he's going to space the floor even more for Russell Westbrook to run right through the middle. And you're going to have to respect his three-point shooting because this kid can shoot at a very high clip. Not to mention his level of defense that he plays is going to actually lock things down for them. Now, I know what you're saying. Oh, but what about when they have to go against a bigger team? Obviously, with the, if their first display against the Lakers, they show that they're not scared to go against a bigger team. But now, once everybody get comfortable with the small ball, and when the playoffs come along, they're going to need depth in order to go ahead and manage that. Rest assured, Houston and Houston fans, they still have Tyson Chandler sitting on the bench. He's still sitting in the folds. He's still working along with them, along with Isaiah um, Hardenstein. Both of them right now are very uh, strong centers. These are centers that you could actually put into a game and they're going to match up with other bigs, such as a Dwight Howard or such as an Anthony Davis. So that is the upside of it. So when James Harden is telling everybody he's not worried about what they have in their locker room right now going into the second half of the season, you could clearly see why. It favors their style of play and a lot of teams are going to have to work on adjusting to their style of play. So, Brody and the Beard, I'm ready for that second half experiment. I'm still, I'm still on that bandwagon. Yes, I am still on that bandwagon. I am sitting comfortably. I have not given my seat up at all. But I want to see how crowded this bandwagon gets. Come around April, May, let's see if that bandwagon is still as crowded as as it is right now. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, when Capella got traded, a lot of people got off like that was their stop. I'm still on. I'm still with you, Brody. I'm still with you, Beard. All right. So, there's a battle going on right now. Yes, there's a battle taking place. Kids are scared. People are walking around nervous. The battle is for the supremacy. Yes, supremacy of L.A., L.A. has been the battleground right now for the NBA supremacy has been going back and forth this season. 
I know that even though the Clippers are sitting right now five spots below, well, not five spots, but five games behind the Lakers, it is still arguably the most dominant team in the NBA. If you take a look at any one of these talking heads and any one of the uh, the people giving their analysis on these games, they're telling you right now the Clippers is a team to watch. The Clippers is a team to look out for. And it seems like the rich keep on getting richer. Every single day, that monster of a team keep on adding more monster players. It's like uh, pretty much they're building the new dream team. And... Nobody in the in the Lakers locker room seem to be nervous about this about this thought process because they still reside with the King, and I can understand that. And I am still on board with the King. They are my team. I will never be a Clippers fan, but I do respect what I see going on over there. It's going to be a tough battle. Let's go ahead and look at the way things is panning out going into that second half of the season. Right now, the Clippers are two and zero against the Lakers. Mind you, the third game was postponed after the passing of uh, Kobe Bryant. No makeup game has been established as of yet, but you do have a game coming up in March, on the 1st of March. So, what do we expect? Do we expect another, another big win? And if the Clippers do take that game on the 1st of March, now they own the series. So, if they finish out the season number two, they still have uh they they still pretty much own home court advantage for the playoffs. That's a good way to look at things right now. That's uh they're comfortable with that. They want to play at home because their home record is absolutely phenomenal. But let's go ahead and look at it on the flip side. That is barring that the Lakers finish at number one. Now, if the Lakers do slide and go in there at number three. That gives them an easier route to the. Um, that gives them an easier route going into the finals. If they go in at number two, at least they still have home court advantage for most of the actual uh, playoffs. So the battle for LA is heating up, and yes, with Reggie Jackson acquired by the Clippers, as well as Marcus Morris, it is time. I think the Lakers go out and get a big gun of their own, and that brings me to my segment. Why isn't Jamal Crawford signed? At what point do we need to say we're going to go again and get Jamal Crawford? How is it that you don't need 50 points? Reggie Jackson is arguably not as good as Jamal Crawford. And then he got picked up by the Clippers. Why not put Jamal Crawford in there? I can understand what you're saying. Yes, he is no Lou Williams. I agree. But he is still a formidable, a formidable asset to the, to the Lakers. What are we doing here? At this point in time, you are actually considering J.R. Smith, who has not played a game in longer time than Jamal Crawford, and you're not considering Jamal Crawford. I need to know this. Why isn't Jamal Crawford signed? Somebody, right into the show. Hit me up on my Instagram at at Ball Court World, or you can hit me up at Drew Coach Forty Three. Either way, just hit me up, please. Somebody explain to me why isn't Jamal Crawford signed? I, I I need to know. And another team, 
This is another team that should actually even consider Jamal Crawford. This has been a team that had Jamal Crawford at one point, but this is a team that should once again consider it. The Sixers. Let's go ahead and take a look at the Sixers. <laughs> I don't want to say anything bad about the Sixers because I know that my main man, Malik, from the Blitz magazine, and if y'all not watching the Blitz or listening to the Blitz, I do not know what is wrong with you. Y'all got to get on that. He is absolutely fire. He's out of Philly. He has his heart and soul in the Sixers. And we all want the process to work. But at what point are we, what, what are we looking at here? This team, all right, this team is unraveling. You heard what Ben Simmons said about Joel Embiid in the All-Star game. He said, well, we're just going to let him shoot. Mm. That's your teammate. Do you feel that that's how you're going to lock him down is just by letting him shoot? Do you feel that he's self-contained? He cannot, you know, he doesn't, he, he cannot be a, he, he's a liability? Is that what you're saying? Are you saying that you do not enjoy playing with Joel Embiid? Is that what's being said? Because it sure looks like it when y'all play. It sure looks like y'all absolutely hate playing with each other. Now, mind you, when you're in, in Philly, oh, I could tell when you're in Philly, it's beautiful. Everything's right. The home cooking is there. You're eating cheesesteaks from Geno's. Everybody's smiling. <laughs> y'all kick it. Oh, we in Philly. Oh, 25 and 2 in Philly when y'all at home. But y'all don't sit too well when y'all go on the road. Y'all remind me of that one girl that you meet and you take her out for the first couple of dates. And you're like, oh my God, this is so special. And then y'all decide to go away for a long weekend and you realize that she's a girl from hell. That's what it seems like is going on. It's 9 and 19 on the road. And here goes the worst part about this. You're not beating clubs that are over 500, especially in road wins. Those, those wins that you're getting on the road is the only notable win that you had with an above 500 team was the Celtics. Now, mind you, I know Milwaukee's game, it was a blazing game that you had on Christmas Day, but... Since then, things has changed. When Giannis came back for you, he came back strong, and he is looking strong. So right now, a notable game that's coming up is going to be the one against Milwaukee. This is going to be the game that's either going to turn around your season or it's going to define your season. We all, we all feel that there's a new voice that needs to be heard, but is it time that we no longer trust the process? This is something that we really have to start to look at. I know Ben Simmons don't. <laughs> so, with that said, let's go ahead and jump into the world of basketball. And I want to talk about, in the world of basketball, I usually like to touch base from different parts, of course, with Australia. But today on the world of basketball, we're going to just hit Australia, the NBL. The reason being is the NBL awards are now here. Yes. There's certain awards that we want to talk about. First of all, the MVP, Bryce Cotton, from the tapings. Bryce Cotton, the reason why I had to go ahead and highlight him as the MVP is a few weeks ago, I actually did a show talking about an amazing comeback by this guy that was lighting it up in the fourth quarter to take his team and finally push his team 
into the next round of the NBL, making it into those playoff spots. And that was Bryce Cotton. And obviously, the voters agreed with me. Something like that deserves an MVP. A team that does not deserve to, not doesn't deserve to be there, but on paper, you wouldn't think that they would have made the NBL the playoffs on paper. But they had success in three ways. Offense with Bryce Cotton. DJ Newbill won Defensive Player of the Year. He's also from the taping, so they had that lockdown with defense. And the best part about it was leadership. Coach of the Year was won by Mike Ferry. Of yes, you guessed it, the tapings. I'm telling you, that was the most one of the most amazing things to ever see. With those gentlemen coming together to build a team that I have a feeling they might be the team to upset a lot of things going on down there. The Bullets, they didn't work out too well against them. And don't get me wrong, the Bullets did have the six the six man of the year in uh in C D, but they didn't it didn't work out too well for the Bullets. But I must say, anybody go up against that buzzsaw known as the Tapins know that they're gonna have to go against those three. And Bryce Cotton's gonna be a tough one. I see a huge future a huge future for him, cause this is not his first MVP. This is like his third MVP down here. He's just he's he 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 pretty much the Australian GOAT. <laughs> So that Australian goat, you know. Anyway, let's go ahead and jump into the rookie of the year. That's what everybody wants to know. Who made rookie of the year? Who was rookie of the year in the NBL? And yes, you guessed it. Yes, that ball brother that everybody loves to hate. The one that everybody says not going to be good in any league. Yes, LaMelo Ball. Once again, LaMelo Ball has gained another accolade for his great work that he does. He put on a show down there. Now, hold on. Know that. I just want to let y'all understand this. There is now a possibility if the New York Knicks, you know, decide to go ahead and pick him up. But there is a huge possibility that LaMelo Ball will be Rookie of the Year in the NBL and Rookie of the Year in the NBA the following year. That will be a first. That will be a first. And trust me. If anybody who's looking to make history, it's going to be LaMelo Ball. I like the path that he's on. I, I, I just like that. Speaking of making history, before we go ahead and uh, jump into ladies' night, I, I must say, I, I, I didn't want to go ahead and let this, let this go. Kawhi Leonard, when, that MVP, when he won that MVP uh, trophy over, over there in Chicago, he actually did something amazing, especially since he did it in Chicago. Because remember, he won Defensive Player of the Year, and he won MVP in the finals. Now he's added MVP to the All-Star game. Only other person who's done that was Michael Jeffrey Jordan. And so that's why it happened in Chicago. That was so amazing. So I just wanted to go ahead and give a shout-out to Kawhi for that. But with that, we're going to go ahead and jump into Ladies' Night. Yes, free agency has taken over the WNBA. Things are moving, things are popping, and yes, my number one free agent like signing that actually took place had me in a frenzy. I'm talking this one team, literally, they was making Golden State moves. So first, we're going to go ahead and jump in, and we're going to talk about Rebecca Brunson. Rebecca Brunson retired from the NBA this week, 
And the reason why she went ahead and retired from the WNBA was to join the Minnesota Lynx coaching staff. So with the Minnesota Lynx coaching staff that they already have in place, they have now went ahead and fortified that staff. You've now brought on one of one of the more dominant players in the WNBA to teach others how to be just as dominant. Now, I smile about this because even though Maya Moore is sitting out this season, there is chances that next season she could be returning. Now, with Rebecca Brunson on the staff and Maya Moore actually in the locker room, I think the Minnesota Lynx is going to regain their status to be one of the teams fighting for a championship. And so it kind of makes me smile, you know, because I'm a huge fan of Maya Moore. So it makes me smile to see the Minnesota Lynx are focusing that way and building from within and building what they're doing. I I like what I'm seeing. Now, I want to go ahead and jump into the one that had me going crazy. You knew I was going to go to that right off top. That free agency that had me going crazy was the Mercury. Phoenix Mercury, they were doing some moves. I'm talking, they were making some moves. They're going to be the team to watch. And if you don't know who the Phoenix Mercury is, yes, that is the team with Diana Taurasi and Brittany Griner. And great news is, Brittany Griner has re-signed with the Mercury. Yes, that is great news. And if you think that is it, no. In Clippers-style fashion, where the rich is getting richer, because you have Diana Taurasi and Brittany Griner, you're like, man, we got a team this year. But no, in a trade, they have acquired Skylar Diggins. I mean, and Diggins is coming ahead. It can't get no better than this. This is absolutely phenomenal. But guess what? They're in talks right now to acquire Tina Charles. This is absolutely insane. This is not going to be fair. It is going to be the WNBA All-Stars versus everybody else. This is absolutely insane. So, just in case this summer you don't get a chance to see Space Jams too, the Mercury will be performing their rendition later on this summer. It will be beautiful. They'll be touring all over the country doing uh, Space Jam on court. This is going to be a live thing. It's going to be beautiful. I'm, I'm looking that they're going to get a Tony for this one. I'm hearing that Diana Taurasi is going to play LeBron James in this one. It's going to be amazing. It's... I'm in tears for this. This is going to... I cannot wait. Can you imagine that team? First of all, uh, arguably, Diana Taurasi is a Kobe Bryant of the WNBA. Nobody has done it like her. And I know I know, we're going to go back and forth and talk about Sue Bird, but Sue Bird is a, is a beast in her own... Anim- she's been a beast in her own right. But nobody's done it like Diana Taurasi. She is, she is one of the most feared basketball players I've ever came across. I, I can see when people come up and play defense on her, they're nervous like how people were nervous with Jordan. Where it was like, please don't do this to me. Please don't do this to me. Please don't do this to me. And then she does it to you. Then you have Brittany Griner, who, as a big, who's been the most dominating big that you've seen since a, uh, actually since a Shaq. She's pretty much, she can do whatever she wants whenever she wants. And the whole, the way the game is played around her, she is so powerful and she dominates and goes right to the hole. Now, you add a, you add a wing to that that can slice, dice, and 
and get buckets any way that she wants. You add that in Skylar Diggins. How do you defend? What manner in which you defend? What could you do to get the right things in place to defend? So that is that is going to be a matchup that I want to see in itself. Now, let's jump over to Atlanta Dreams. Because I could talk about the Mercury all day. Literally, I could go on this all day because I actually spoke about that for about a half hour once the trade was made. I was just talking to a friend of mine who doesn't even like basketball, and I talked about it for a half hour. So with y'all, I could probably go for another show. All right? So let's talk about the Atlanta Dream. They picked up Alexis Jones off a waiver. And I like I, I think that's a good pickup for them. And they also signed Shakina uh, Strickland. Now, that's going to make them competitive. I cannot say that they're going to be in the top, like, the top four teams coming out right now, but hands down, that's going to make them competitive. You, you got a shooter. You got a shooter in uh, Shakina. She's going to be a scorer. She's a bucket right there. But I got to talk about my aces. Yes, I got to talk about my aces. Yeah. First off, first off, we picked up off a free agent. Danielle Robinson. That was an awesome pickup. I liked her. I liked her. She signed with the Aces. I'm happy. But guess who re-signed? One of my favorite Aces. My kids' favorite Aces. Actually, my one of my daughters. This is like one of my daughter's favorite players. And her team, actually, this is like one of my older daughter's favorite players. She, my, her team, they they follow her. This is this is their girl, Suge Rogers. Yes. The Sugar is back in Vegas, I tell you. Sugar, Sugar Rogers has re-signed with the Aces, and I am super happy about it because I love watching her play, and to be able to watch her play as a hometown fan, I think that's going to be amazing. Now, we always stop and we always listen to see which is going to be the team that's going to compete against the team that we're talking about. My team today that I'm talking about is the Mercury. And I want to know who's going to compete against them. There's only one team that has actually, not one team, but there's many teams right now that's uh, sitting in place to, to really put a whooping on them or really actually put up a fight with them. Like the Aces, you have the Sparks. And, of course, you have the Radiant Championship, the Radiant Champions, Mystics. Yes, the Mystics has actually put ink to paper because I reported on this show that they were in talks. Emma and Ella were at, uh, I'm sorry, Emma and Elena were in talks of actually resigning with the Mystics, but now they have put pen to paper. Yes, Emma Miesman and Ella, Elena Deladon has resigned with the Mystics, and it's going to be another fight. And the Mercury's gearing up, it's going to be ready. I am absolutely amazed by this. I'm loving it. I'm absolutely loving it. I can't wait till the WNBA starts. This has been so exciting, the moves that they've been making. I've been watching these moves all week, along with the All-Star game. It's, it has been a great weekend just for basketball on a whole. Now, that brings me to the next segment we call Shady or Genius. Yes, sir. And on my topic of Shady or Genius, we're going to discuss the Cavaliers and Andre Drummond. Here's why. Andre Drummond was traded to the Cavaliers, and you could tell reportedly he was not happy with the actual trade. 
Now, while getting there, of course, it's not his teammates. He was very happy with the teammates that he had. He actually made himself vocal by stating that he would not re-sign with the Cavaliers if they had kept the coach, John Bellini. Now, John Bellini has had a very short tenure with the Cavaliers, 54 games. But from day one, he just has not been the right fit for them. I'm talking that locker room has completely broken down. The players on there are saying that there's assistant coaches on staff that are more qualified to be head coaches than the head coach. He's gotten into verbal disagreements with the uh, players, public skirmishes with players, and the media. It just was not a good fit. As a matter of fact, there's been reports even stating that he was absolutely miserable there. Now, the reason why it pops up on Shady or Genius is because we knew that why I knew personally why Andre Drummond would not want to play for uh, John Bellini. It's not somebody he has faith in. It was pretty much a worse situation than he had in Detroit. At least Detroit was building within a direction. And he could not, he did not want to have that. Now, the Cavaliers were letting John Bellini go as of today because they wanted to wait till after the All-Star break. So today, Wednesday, they have decided to go ahead and let him go. I believe it's February 19th. So just in case anybody's wondering what today is, right? So they decided to go ahead and part ways with John Bellini. Now, J.B. Bickerstaff, who was on the, his assistant on there, as well as a, one of the better coaches in the NBA, will be taking his place. Not saying immediately there's going to be changes in Cleveland and things are going to get better in Cleveland right away, but right now, the locker room is going to feel different. And I think this is going to hurt a lot of other college coaches looking to make that jump into the NBA. It is a different animal. There's players here who are not happy with players that are not doing, or coaches that are not doing the right thing. I put this on Shady or Genius because I have to understand, was Andre Drummond out in John Bellini like that right when he was reported to be fired? Was that just a shady move on his part or was he being genius, stating that now Cleveland you can go ahead and go ahead and take a shot at signing me. Now, we all know that Andre Drummond's contract does not make him favorable to be signed by a lot of other a lot of other teams. So, could he just be playing cat and mouse? So, this is something that we want to look into, so that's why I put it on Shady a Genius. So, we will be watching you, Andre, and we will be watching the Cleveland Cavaliers. J.B. Bickerstaff, you have a tough, tough job ahead of you to turn things around. But, honestly, being for the fact that you are pretty much the only team in Cleveland that has bought a championship there in 30 years, I think you're pretty safe. You don't have, like, a uh, hard bar to get over at this point. So, <laughs> that was Shady or Genius. And I'm going to go ahead and take a break because I have a special guest coming in. Today for our segment, let's kick it. So, I want you to hang around with me. I'm Coach Drew, and this is the world of basketball. Stick around on the ball court.
Welcome back to Ball Court. I am Coach Drew. This is the world of basketball. And I am actually joined here with me is my sidekick, one of my aces, uh, little Drew. How you doing, little Drew? Good. That's good to hear. That's good to hear. And this is the segment that we all know and love as Let's Kick It. Let's kick it. Come on, y'all. Let's kick it. Yeah. All right. So on this Let's Kick It segment, we're going to have some special shoes. And that's the reason why I bought in one of my all-time shoe fans. She's kind of like me when it comes to shoes. She likes the colorful. She likes the bright. She likes all styles. As a matter of fact, what you wearing today? I'm wearing the Jordan 1s. These shoes. You love these shoes. Actually, I'm a huge fan of Jordan 1s myself. When the Jordan 1 first came out, I remember watching the commercial when that black box came on saying that it was banned. I had to actually get those. So in my collection, I always keep a couple Jordan 1s myself. And I love yours. With the, I wish I had those. Those are nice. Thank you. <laughs> those are nice. I wish I had them. Now, we're going to talk about some other shoes, though. Are you ready to talk about some other shoes? Yeah. All right. So, first shoe that we're going to talk about is the Air Force One's Lowe's. And being for the fact that it is February, yes, my show is going to have a theme today. So, with the Air Force One's Lowe's, it's going to be the Black History Month colorway. Now, take a look at this shoe right here. This is actually a really nice shoe. I kind of like it. It, it has the, uh, I, I, I like the accents that it have on there with the yellow and then the green right at the uh, upper part of the back end. But another great thing that I really dig about that shoe is, is the overall aesthetics that it brings to the Air Force Ones. I love Air Force Ones. What do you think about those? I love them. They're cute, but the top of them, I don't like. Yeah? Yeah. What, what don't you like about the top of them? Tell them. Tell, tell the brownish yellow. Ah. Actually, I think that yellow accent brings a lot to it. The way it covers up the, uh, the sneaker eye holes is amazing. Because you, you got the two at the bottom, then you got the two at the top. So when you actually put the laces in through the tongue, it makes a perfect X. And that, in Black History Month for me, I think that's kind of awesome, you know? But if they were in blue... I like that because the blue on the back is like only a little bit of blue, so it should be on the top too. Okay. Well, we'll agree to disagree. I think, I think it's a hot shoe. Overall, even with the yellow, would you wear it? Yeah, I will wear it. <laughs> Just. Okay. Well, I'm glad that you would wear it. I would wear it too. And. And if I did wear it, I'd want something like a throwback. I don't know if anybody remember the hoodies in the 90s where they had this stitching. This is, a, this is beyond your time. It had the stitching with, uh, with the college logos, and they had one that was kind of a cross-color one. I think that one with those shoes would actually be perfect. All right, so let's go on to the next one. The Air Max 95. Yes, the Air Max 95 Black History Month. Now, Air Maxes, Air Max 95 at least, I, I love them. Once again, that's another shoe that's a staple of mine. I keep at least a pair of those in my collections and in my rotations. I know that you've seen me wear the all red ones. Uh, I have to say, 
I love the fact that it's multicolored on both sides. I love the I, I love the darker colors to it, and it has that nice wavy feel to it. I would have to say that is a must rock for me. What about you? I don't like them because the it's like too dark the colors. It's too dark. Okay, tell me. Let me. I like the... like vibrant colors. Ah, I believe you. <laughs> I definitely believe you. I can tell by the look at your shoes that that's it. So, if you like vibrant colors, you're going to really love the next one. All right? Now, the next shoe is, yes, I know you probably guessed it. Everybody sitting at home who's watching the All-Star Game, you've guessed it. It's the Nike LeBron 17 Mr. Swack Hammer. Tell me what you think about those first. I want to hear your opinion first. I love them. I knew you My would. My <laughs> favorite color is like green. Yes. So I like that neon green. Yes. And the pink dots. The stitching is actually, I, 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 I applaud you for picking up on the detail. That stitching of the pink at the side actually makes it even cooler. And as, as JT the sneaker guy, my co-host would say on Let's Kick It, yes, Let's kick it. You can find that right there on CWM Sports. And you can also find my show, Ball Court, on CWM Sports as well. But, okay. But on, my, on that show, Let's Kick It, JT always tells me that color is the new black. And with these shoes, I 100% believe it. I actually love the Mr. Swag Hammers. And guess what? They're only retailing at $225. I want you to jump on it as quick as possible because the Monstars... A lot of people went after that very quickly, and it pushed up the price. So the Mr. Swaghammers, you're going to want to jump on that. All three shoes that we spoke about will be coming out on the 19th of February. Man. Now, before I let you go, because you're going to stick around for my next one, right? Yeah. All right. Now, you said that before we move on, you had a shoe in mind that you wanted to let us know about. Tell me about the shoe that you had in mind. I had in mind like a... What was the name of it? You don't remember? The 13s. Oh, the 13s, the retros. Okay, the 13 retros, the multicolor ones for kids. I Tell me what you think of it, because this is your shoe that you're bringing to the table. So tell me what you think of it first. I really love them. Just the blue. Uh-huh. I don't like about that because it doesn't really pop with the yellow and the orange. Okay. So if the lacings was like an orange, I'll like that. Because look on the back, mm-hmm. it, it's yellow and orange. So you'd rather the orange lace than the blue lace? Yeah. So you would rock it, but with a lace swap? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's easy enough. I, I actually like it the way it is, but I could clearly see with a lace swap to add the orange on there, that would actually make it fire. Especially since one foot actually has the yellow lace to match that yellow backing of it. So it, you absolutely make sense. I don't know why would they put the blue lace to go with the, and one shoe has the yellow lace to go with the yellow backing, and you have the blue lace to go with the orange backing. That made no sense. I, I, I think I'd go with you. I would rock it, but with the lace swap, definitely. That's, that was very insightful. I like that. See, you're a fan of the lace swap, huh? Yeah. There you go. I like it. I like it. Well, that was Let's Kick It. This is Little Drew. But before I, before I go, I want to go ahead and talk about goat moves. 
Yes, our next segment right here is Goat Moves, but I wanted to talk about this in this manner in a more real chill environment. Because the person who made my Goat Moves this week in our segment is Gilbert Arenas. Gilbert Arenas has actually taken up on Kobe's challenge to go ahead and do something and give back to the kids of L.A. and teach them the gift of basketball. And the reason why he made GOAT moves is because the SoCal Cavs have a great teacher and a great leader in, in uh, Gilbert Arenas. Now, anybody who is part of the AAU community out here knows that Gilbert Arenas' daughter and sons played for the SoCal Cavs for a number of years. But he hasn't really been involved in the actual coaching process. That has recently changed. He's now opening camps up there. He has things going. He has these kids learning. And I'm actually kind of uh, kind of intrigued to go ahead and play against him. I can't wait. He's playing with the, he's actually coaching the under-14 division. So it's going to be a lot of high school kids. And I could clearly see that we're going to probably be doing a, you know, YU ball with some of the kids up there. You know, that, so shout out to you, Gilbert. Keep doing the great things and keep pushing those kids forward. Every little contribution to our kids' future is worth it. And you can still be a knucklehead on your podcast. I do it. So, so I, I just want to tell you, it's been a great show. I love having you here. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for coming out for Let's Kick It. That was some really insightful stuff. Now... I heard that you have a project in the works that they're talking about that you're going to be working as a correspondent on a spinoff show. It's kind of hush-hush. I heard that they're talking about it, though. Yes, that's in the works right now. So we're, gonna not, we're not going to drop everything, but there is a works coming out with a spinoff show where she'll be working as a correspondent, so stay looking for little Drew. All right? I am Coach Drew. This has been Ball Court, the world of basketball. I want to go ahead and give a shout-out to my plug, and this is Plug Walk with uh, cash to checkin.com slash Drew. Check it out. Cash to Checking is one of the nation's leading finance companies, providing up to $400,000 in unsecured funding for business or personal use. We have relationships with over 250 lenders nationwide. Through the use of our proprietary software, we are able to secure over 80% more funding for our clients. We help clients obtain funding for real estate investment, business startups, down payment assistance, working capital, medical, legal, education, funeral expenses, and more. Man, that was cashtocheckin.com slash Drew. When you're done living their dreams and you want to start living your own, go to cashtocheckin.com slash Drew. Tell them I sent you. They'll hook you up. They'll work with you. All right, I want to go ahead and give a shout out to CWN Sports for having me on. I do appreciate you having me on every single week. Also, want to go ahead and have y'all check out radio.com. You could also find all of the CWN Sports, not all of them, but a lot of the CWN Sports programming right there. Like Malik and the Blitz magazine. You have the Sean Harvey Morning Show that's been popping. They're doing some amazing things. You got JT and the Sneaker Guy on Let's Kick It. And, of course, you have Ball Court. We're here to do what we do. This is the world of basketball. I thank you for tuning in every time. Hit us up on our Instagram, at Ball Court World, or at DrewCoach43. You can also check out the Instagram for Let's Kick It as well, at Let's Kick It Shoes or Let's Kick It World. Either way, we're going to kick it together. I'm Coach Drew. This is Little Drew. 
and I want to thank you for watching Ball Court. I'll see you in the world of basketball. Thank you for listening to Ball Court with Coach Drew. World of basketball. Now go hit the showers. This is a CWN Sports Network presentation.